0: Welcome to today's podcast from Coastline Calvary Chapel in Gulf Breeze, Florida. We hope this message encourages you and brings light into your life. You know, the Bible is truly an amazing book. It's one of the only books in all of literature that claims inspiration. Inspiration, meaning it's the very Word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, listen to what Paul writes to the early church. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine. That means it's effective, it's helpful, it's useful for doctrine. We'll say, well, what does that mean, doctrine? To show us what's right, but also the word of God says that it's profitable for reproof, not just to show us what's right, but what also is not right for correction, how to get right, and also for instruction, how to stay right. And you know, as we study the word, we come across an interesting piece of literature in the Old Testament. It's a book known as the book of Ecclesiastes. And its author, King Solomon, is known to be one of the wisest of men that has ever lived. And in chapter three, He hits on something that is so key and so, I think, appropriate for where we are in this moment in history. He speaks about seasons. Listen as I read this passage from chapter three. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what has been planted a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Solomon is in a season where he's pursuing fulfillment, wholeness and happiness in life. But listen, he's in a space in his life where he's doing this apart from a relationship with God. So when he's authoring this chapter, he's actually writing it from a place of frustration. And he's just looking at life and seeing the cycles and the seasons. And it's like he's saying, there's a time for this and there's a time for that. There's times of joy. There's times of pain. There's times of fullness. There's times of frustration. And I don't know about you, but it's possible to feel somewhat similar to Solomon in the season that we're in. I mean, it kind of feels like this movie, right? Over and over And over and over, you wake up every day and you may say, oh my goodness, we're still here. We're still in this mess. Well, Solomon, though he's frustrated, what he says is very insightful. You see, in life, there are seasons. One author put it this way. In 14 statements, Solomon affirmed that God is at work in our individual lives. Seeking to accomplish his will. All of these events come from God and they are good in their time. The meaning is plain. If we cooperate with God's timing, life will not be meaningless. So you may have this question. Neil, are you saying that the season we're in, that, that it's from God and it's good? Listen, what I'm saying is God can work good and has good in mind, even in the midst of this season of life. The question is, how do you and I, how do we together cooperate with God in this season? How do we not allow this season of uncertainty to not be meaningless in our lives, but to see something produced that's effective for our growth and for God's glory in the midst of this season. Well, here's my encouragement today. It's actually gonna be the title of our time together. And it's simply this, Tuck and Roll. You may say, what in the world are you talking about? I don't even think you know how to spell tuck. It seems like coronavirus, corona, you've got it on the mind. It's messing with your brain. Well, no, I wanna say this. I wanna give you a simple but helpful definition Of a season. Hang with me, this whole dynamic to tuck and roll. Let me share with you how I believe God is calling us to respond in this moment in history. You see, here's the definition of a season it's a temporary, unique, connected period of time which God uses to prepare us for His ultimate good purposes in our lives. It's a temporary, unique, but connected period of time where God is working to prepare us for ultimately his good, good plan. See, here's the reality. God moves in seasons in our lives. Think of some of the biblical examples from the Old and the New Testament. Think of Abraham. He was in a season where God called him out of his homeland to be one who wandered. And he stepped in this season of wandering out of a season where he was very comfortable. And then he stepped into this time where God began sharing promises with him that he would be the father of many, many people. That so much so his offspring that it would outnumber the stars in the sky. And God gave him a son, Isaac. And then he tests him with that son. But ultimately, his son Isaac would be the one who is the father of the nation of Israel. Think of Moses. Moses was born in a season, in a time where to, Jew, to be a Jewish baby boy was something to be deadly. But he found himself growing up in Pharaoh's court for a season. He, he tries to step into his own calling on his own. And he lands in a season of wandering and shepherding and he becomes a deliverer. There's the 10 plagues, the Red Sea, and then he finds himself leading God's people again in the desert, and God gives him that phenomenal season where he receives the 10 commandments and the rules of how to build the tabernacle. Think of David. He was a shepherd, anointed to be king. He found himself to be a fugitive and then king over the nation of Israel. Think of Jesus, the promised Messiah, born a baby, grows for 30 years in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Three years of public, powerful ministry. And then that season where he went to the cross, died for you and I and rose again. Seasons are a part of life. They're temporary, they're unique, and they're a connected period of time in which God is working his will For our ultimate good in his glory. And all we can do with the seasons he brings, well, remember, tuck and roll. Tuck and roll with what God brings. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, let me illustrate this powerful lesson by considering that Old Testament character, Joseph. Let's look in the Bible at Genesis chapter 37, where God gives Joseph dreams. And these ultimately are the plans that God had for Joseph's life. Let's pick up the story in Genesis chapter 37. I'll start reading from verse 5. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Well, soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, the 11 stars, they bowed low before me. And this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. See, God in his grace was actually revealing to Joseph his plan for his life. Now, at that point, Joseph didn't know that. He he thought, this is cool. Uh, You know, I'm kind of the the prince of the family. I'm, I'm dad's favorite. He gave me this cool jacket, this cool coat. I'm sure my brothers, they would love to hear about these dreams. Well, they didn't. I mean, one day they see him coming to the fields where they're working hard and they see Joseph coming over the hill to talk about dreams. And you know what they do? They decide to throw him in a pit. And that pit eventually leads Joseph to a place of slavery in the land of Egypt. And Joe goes from being the prince of the family to the pit to being sold into slavery. And he finds himself in Potiphar's house. Potiphar. He was the captain of the guard of Pharaoh. Pharaoh at that time was the most powerful person on the planet. And there's Joseph, the dreamer, a slave of Potiphar, who's the captain of the guard for Pharaoh. Well, in chapter 39, Joseph finds himself in this season and he begins to work hard. He honors God as truly the author of his life. And you know what God does? He blesses the work of his hands. But while he's there, he's wrongfully accused of a crime he didn't commit. And he finds himself in yet another season. He goes from Potiphar's to the prison. I mean, follow these seasons, these digressions, if you will, with me. Joseph's the prince. And then he kind of gets thrown into a pit. From the pit, he goes to Potiphar's. And then from Potiphar's, he finds himself in prison. And he very well could be taken over by a sense of loss. I mean, I don't know. I don't personally know Joe one day, hope to meet him in heaven, but I have no idea what his frame of mind might've been in those moments. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of a moment where you feel like, God, where are you? I feel like you've forsaken me. Perhaps you're there now. And I would just encourage you, be real with God. He knows what you're thinking anyway. But this is the beauty of this story. Joseph's story doesn't end there, and neither does ours. In chapter 39 and 40 of the book of Genesis, we see that Joseph meets two individuals in prison. They're those that carry high positions of authority. They're the butler and the baker of Pharaoh. And Joseph is told that they have a dream. He interprets their dreams and the interpretations come true and the butler is ultimately released. And what I love about this is that even though Joseph is in a tough spot, he doesn't allow his circumstance to outstrip his character. See, this reminds me of what Paul wrote to the early church in Galatians chapter six. He said this, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. There's a principle here that I don't want you to miss. Listen, when you're in a tough season, hang in there and never trade what you do know for what you don't know. You know, there's so much that we just simply don't know in this season. But we do know that this season, it's temporary. It's unique. It's connecting what God is doing for his ultimate goodwill in our lives. And we do know that God is good, that he loves us and that he has a plan. Don't let this season change what you know to do in these moments. Still love the Lord, still serve him, still follow hard after him. Well, in chapter 41, this is where the story of Joseph's crescendos. Remember Joe's seasons, he kind of went from the prince to the pit, to, to Potiphar's, to the prison. Well, now he finds himself in the palace See, Pharaoh has a dream in chapter 41. And Joe, like he's done before, he gives the right interpretation of that dream. And Pharaoh raises him up to be second in command over all of the land. And in chapter 42, God uses Joseph to not only save the land of Egypt from a terrible famine, but the whole world, including his brothers who threw him in to that pit. See, God then begins to build a people group from Joseph's family through ultimately which Jesus Christ would come to be the savior of the world. Now, this account of history, you might be asking, well, this is an amazing account, but how does this apply to us? Well, listen, this account is an account of God's faithfulness and how Joseph responds faithfully in the midst of a difficult season. But you may be asking, How does this apply? How do we respond to God in the season that we are in right now? Do you remember the the title of our time together today? To to tuck and roll. Do you remember the definition that we've given of a season? That That it's a temporary, unique, connected period of time which God uses to prepare us for his ultimate good purposes in our lives? Well, see, here's the first thing to remember today about a season. It's temporary. From the time that Joseph was thrown into the pit to the time that he was raised to be that second in command in the palace, that was a time period of 13 years. Now we know according to scripture that Joseph lived to the ripe old age of 110. 13 years of a season, but a life of 110 years. See, here's the reality. That season for him didn't last forever. It was temporary. The season that we're in right now, it won't last forever. Jesus' brother James, he hits on this in James chapter four, where he says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go into such a town and spend a year there and we'll trade and make a profit. You don't even know what tomorrow will bring, James says. He says, what is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. See, let me have your attention. If there's one thing that's consistent in life, it's that things are temporary and things change. What we are going through is temporary. And we need to see that perspective. You may say, what what kind of perspective? Well, I call it God's drone perspective. Let me show you what I mean. See, a drone is an interesting thing. It has this unique ability to see so much more than what you or I can see with the naked eye. I mean, for the space that I'm in right now, I've got an element of visibility, but the drone, its visibility potential, it has so much more. I mean, see what I mean. It can go higher. It can see further. And with such a greater and grander perspective than I could ever see with my eyes alone. See, and this is what I want you to catch this day. That seasons are temporary. God sees the big big picture. So trust him. And you know what? Just roll with him. He's got this. He's preparing us for his ultimate good purposes in our lives. The season that we're in is temporary. We see it like this. God sees it from that perspective where he sees end from beginning and from beginning to end. Now, the second thing about a season, not only is it temporary, but it's unique. It's unique. You say, what do you mean by that? The people, the places, The times of each season are unique and God is doing something unique in this time and in this season. Trust him. You know, the thief of hope, the thief of God's peace and joy in the midst of trials is comparison. God, what about this? What about what you're doing over there? You know, it's like this. There was only ever one guy who had a burning bush experience There's only ever one guy who killed Goliath. There's only ever one guy other than Jesus who walked on water. And let me just clue you in. It's not me and it's not you. And I need you to grasp this truth. Stop looking for the moments of others in the moments of your own life. You are the only you. God is doing something with you that he's not doing with someone who is not you. You know, the famous missionary, Jim Elliott, once said this, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt in every situation you believe to be the will of God. See, listen, in this season, trust God and don't trade what you do know for what you don't know. There's so much we don't know in this season, but we do know that God is good, that he's faithful, and that he's true. This is temporary, temporary. This is unique. I mean, think about this. There will never be another April 2020. And I can hear you from the screen this morning shouting, amen. This is unique. But I want to encourage you. Don't allow this season. Don't allow your response to be in it where you trade what you don't know for what you do know. God is good. Trust that God is doing something unique. And you can roll with him in it. He's got this. He's preparing us for his ultimate good purposes in our lives. You see, seasons, they're temporary, they're unique. And lastly, they're connected. They're connected. Let me see if I can illustrate this point this very simple way. See, when my 11-year-old daughter, when she has the desire to bake something, she has in her mind what the end product's gonna look like. She'd get all of her ingredients together and she'll mix them together and then she'll truly bake something that's delicious and delectable and delightful. But if she were to get those ingredients and not put them together, not connect them together, I'll tell you what, it's not the same kind of experience. See, it's kind of like this. It's like this, this cake mix right here. I mean, in the cake mix, it calls for different elements. It calls for different ingredients to make this delectable, delicious cake. I mean, first, it calls for milk. It calls for flour, and it calls for eggs. Now, separate, these things, you know, they're not too bad. I mean, if I were to take a cup of whole milk, who in the world drinks whole milk? But anyway, if I were to take a cup of whole milk, pour it in here, and after just kind of a hot day or with some cookies or something, just take a sip of this nice, chilled, cold milk. It's not too bad. In fact, it's kind of sweet and whole milk. It actually tastes like a milkshake. It's sweet by itself. But then if I were to come to the flour and say, okay, well, I can't wait for just a good handful of flour and take it and just lap it up, it would be a little bland and a little weird, Right? Well, lastly, if I were to take an egg, and I mean, these are the best eggs you can possibly get. These are like all natural from north of Milton, organic. This is the best of the best. But if I were to take an egg, crack it open, put it into a nice bowl like this and mix it all up and then say, okay, I'm going Rocky style, right? Eggs right away. That would be nasty. Some pieces by themselves are sweet. Some may be a little bland, some are just gross, and you would never understand why anyone would take that by itself, right? Those ingredients by themselves, they don't work. But when you mix them all together, it develops something that is good. See, in the seasons of life that we're in, you need to catch this. They're not random, they're connected. So here's the reality. We can trust God that in these seasons, they're temporary, they're unique, and they're connected. They're not random, but God is working all those things together for his glory and for our good. And see, here's the beautiful thing about scripture. All throughout scripture, we're reminded that his plans And his promises are good for our lives. Think of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. God is working together all things for good. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says he's making everything beautiful in his time. Jeremiah 29 says that he has a future and a hope for God's people. Think of John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus said that the life that he gives is a life that is abundant. See, here's the reality. In this season, I think this is how we're called to respond to the season that we're in. It's to tuck and to roll. What do you mean by tuck? Listen, remember, every single season, it's temporary. It's unique. It's connected. God is working and we can trust him and roll with whatever comes because we have a very good God. See, and the beautiful thing about Joseph's story, his family would go on to go through many different seasons throughout the generations. And ultimately, God's son, Jesus Christ, came from the family line of Joseph. And Jesus made this powerful statement when he was on earth. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. And that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible goes on to say that if you and I would confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. You see, if you've never committed your life to Jesus, I believe today is your day. And online right now, there's an opportunity for you to connect with one of our pastors or staff members or volunteers. They would love to connect with you about starting a relationship with God. And starting a relationship with God is very simple. You respond to Jesus by saying, Jesus, I recognize that you are the son of God, the savior of the world. Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Forgiveness that only comes through your life, death, and resurrection. I repent. I repent of my sin and I receive you as the Lord of my life and the Savior of my soul. See, Jesus came through that line of Joseph to be the Savior of your life. He is the one who's faithful, faithful through every season. He will never let go through the seasons of calm, through the storm. Jesus will never let go. So listen, in this time, in this season, here's my encouragement to you and to me. Remember, when the seasons of life come, tuck and roll. These seasons, they're temporary. They're unique. They're connected God is working and so we can roll with him we hope you enjoyed today's podcast join us again as we dive into the scripture going verse by verse here at Coastline Calvary Chapel